The big picture doesn't come from distance. It also comes from time. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek is an author and inspirational speaker. You may have even listened to his TEDx talk in September 2009. The talk was geared towards business leaders. However, the simple principles discussed can be applied in the instance of a real estate investor. During the TEDx talk, Simon focused on why. He also touched on how and what. For real estate buyers, sellers, investors, usually we have a general idea of what you want or you need to do. And as for the how, you have the guidance of professionals and their real estate investing team. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a framework of how you can get to the why of your real estate investing. Your why may be one or more of the following, or it could be something totally different. You could be a first-time homebuyer and you just want to get into the market. You may already be a homeowner or investor, and you're focusing on principal recapture. Basically, you purchase a home or a property and you rent it out, and you're just capturing um, the principal based on the rent that you received. You could have a focus on equity or passive appreciation, where you're just basically looking for year-over-year growth. And that could include pre-construction, it can include your principal residence, it could include land and other real estate opportunities. Your other why or focus could be cash flow. You need or want to receive money on a regular basis. Active appreciation could be a situation of a buy and flip. So it's short-term, you buy a fixer-upper, You renovate it and you flip it. Active appreciation could also include renovating or providing upgrades into your current property to increase the value of your home. Your why could be one, many of these, or as I mentioned, it could be totally something different. To simplify, I will use a framework to discuss what I believe are some of the key factors to drive homeownership or real estate investment in general. There are about seven components to consider that may help you better understand how you can make informed decisions related to real estate investing and understanding your true why. Here are the categories for this framework. Cost of ownership, job security, population growth, supply, regulatory changes, global factors, replacement or uh, reproduction value versus market value. So, Let's start with cost of ownership. Basically, that's being able to feel comfortable that you can undertake one of the biggest financial endeavors you will probably be making in your life and to continue to be able to make the payments. You want to make sure that you're making the appropriate decision for you and your family. In doing this, you need to truly understand the market and have confidence in what you're doing. So, Related to cost of home ownership, one of the key factors is interest rates. Interest rates play a significant factor in affordability, and you are directly impacted specifically to any decisions that the Bank of Canada makes in order to either raise the interest rates or lower the interest rates. I'll give you a little example. We're going to take a $700,000 mortgage 
uh, amortized over 25 years and a five-year term. And I'll look at it in three different scenarios. The first scenario would be back in, say, 2021, where I'm just guessing an interest rate at 2%. With that investment or with that mortgage, you would be paying $3,000 a month. Now, let's fast forward a year later. Same time, 2022. Say you get a same mortgage, $700,000 at 3.5% interest rate. This would result in a $3,500 a month mortgage payment. That's $500 more than the prior year. So now let's fast forward again to right today, right now. You get a $700,000 mortgage at 7%, you would be paying $4,900 per month approximately for your mortgage payments. That's almost $2,000 more than you would have been paying in 2021 at a 2% interest rate. So what does that mean? It means that interest rate does have a a very strong impact in affordability and the ability uh, of the cost of home ownership. Two things to consider. There are various types of interest rates, and I'm going to talk about two of them. One of them is fixed interest rates. Fixed interest rates stay the same over the entire period of your mortgage. So say you had that 2% interest rate over five years, it would stay the same over the five-year period. The payments would be the same for the entire term, so $3,000 a month. You know in advance how much you'll be paying each month for five years. And typically, you would might want to choose uh, to have a fixed interest rate if you think Um, the market interest rates would go up in the period of time, uh, in the five-year period of time. Now, let's take a look at variable interest rates. Variable interest rates can increase or decrease during the term of your mortgage. So during that five-year term, it could go up and down. If you choose that, um, it's difficult to predict whether rates rise or fall, but if you choose that, you would need to be comfortable and understand that there is a possibility of interest rates increasing over time and that you would need to be able to budget to handle any higher payments. So if you were someone who had a variable interest rates uh, a year or so ago, you'd have seen how the interest rates rose um, from March of 2022 to today And you would have been able to or needed to be able to handle those additional payments for that variable mortgage rate if you decided to stay in that variable rate. However, a couple of things to think about with regards to interest rates. Yes, interest rates over the past three years from January 2020 to September 2023, they have rose from about 0.25% to 5%. And we hadn't seen um, a similar increase since the period between 2005 and 2015, where the rates varied between 0.5 and 4.75%. One of the things to consider is that when you're thinking about interest rates, think about it in this way. You're purchasing the property, you're marrying the property, but you're dating the interest rate. Because we know over a period of time, the interest rates will change. Yes, we are in a period where interest rates are rising. However, as history and trends indicate, 
those interest rates should start to come down or slowly lower um, over the next couple of years. So that's one thing to consider with regards to um, the cost of homeownership. Now let's look at job security. Job security is focused on your level of confidence in how you plan to fund and maintain your investment. If this is an investment property, you need to consider is your prospective tenant, are they also confident or have confidence in their current um, job situation or in their profession or employment prospects? Other factors to consider in this category are, is the current unemployment level, the cost of goods or inflation or the uh, consumer price index, Um, consumer confidence, average consumer debt levels, and the general state of the economy. These are key factors related to job security and how they could potentially impact your decisions with regards to investing in real estate. Another key component I'd like to touch on is population growth. Government of Canada has implemented a quite an aggressive immigration strategy called kind of quote unquote economic immigration. So why did they institute this strategy? We really need to fill labor shortages in the healthcare industry and other high need sectors. There's also the anticipation that increased immigration will help grow Canada's economy and build Canadian communities. I'll give you some statistics with regards to um, immigration related to the number of permanent residents. In 2021, the government of Canada met the target of 401,000 permanent residents. At the time, this was the highest number of permanent residents recorded since 1913. In 2022, we had 431,645 permanent residents. For 2023, the targets are 410,000 to 505,000. And these targets are adjusted uh, as um, the year progresses. For the posted targets for 2024 and 2025, are 430,000 to 542, 500,000 and 442, 500,000 to 550,000 people. So that's a lot of people coming into the country over a short period of time, say a five-year period of time. We're going to probably have over two and a half million new permanent residents coming into Canada. That's a lot of people. Many of them are highly skilled, and many of them are moving into the greater Toronto area. So where are they going to live? That leads me into the next category, supply. Many, as I mentioned, many of these new immigrants are heading into the wonderful greater Toronto area that's full of opportunity and excellent neighborhoods to build community, raise families. They're going to start businesses. And there's a plethora of highly sought after employers that are looking for their skills. So that looks rosy. However, Economics 101, the lower the supply in this situation, housing or property, the higher the value of the commodity. We are and we are seeing we have many buyers who are ready to make a purchase, but there are not that many homes that are currently for sale. This situation leads to a seller's market. 
This is and typically in this type of market, properties are not staying on the market as long. We've seen trends over the past few months that things are maybe balancing out, but there's still that pressure where there's a high demand of individuals looking to either purchase a home or rent a home and the supply is very low. So next category, regulatory changes. There are many changes either from the federal government, the municipal government, or the provincial government that impact the decisions you may make with regards to real estate investment. One thing to make you aware of, there's what's called OSFI, which is the Office of Superintendent of Financial Institutions. It's an independent agency of the government that supervises and regulates registered Canadian financial institutions. It was established in 1987. Um, in 2018, there were, was a regulation that came out with called the Mortgage Stress Test, and it was implemented at that time. In 2017, Ontario's Fair Housing Plan was implemented. And in 2023, earlier this year, the vacant home tax was also implemented. So all of these regulatory changes and policies also impact decision-making from an investor or home buyer, a seller perspective. Now let's move to global factors. Global factors include things like the financial crisis that occurred most recently in 2008, and most currently the inflation and potential recession that we are heading into. We know that countries in the European Union are in states of recession. There are also things like the health crisis, the recent pandemic, and global conflicts, so wars and um, ensuing other conflicts throughout um, the world. So those are other factors that impact either directly or indirectly decision-making with regards to real estate investment. So next item is more reproduction um, replacement cost versus market value. And this is just making you aware of what these terms mean and how they could potentially impact you or potentially be used when you're assessing uh, your real estate investment opportunities. So market value is basically the highest price in terms of money that the property will bring to a willing seller. If the property is exposed for sale on the open market, there's a reasonable time that's been allowed to find a willing buyer. Uh, the buyer has appropriate knowledge to make the decision. So they're willing to make the decision. They're informed. Um, they're rational. They've had reasonable time. There's no undue influence. They've looked at comparables and made an assessment. And the buyer can legally use the property as intended as, or as owned. And there's no underlying necessity from either the seller or the buyer um, to sell the property. So there are no circumst uh, circumstances where maybe the seller, you know, needs to close and sell right away. Um, and that could potentially influence that agreement of purchase and sale. Now, on the other end, if we look at uh, reproduction cost or replacement cost, basically uh, the reproduction cost is the estimated cost of construction at current prices of building an equivalent building being built with modern materials according to the current standards, design, and layout. 
reproduction costs usually embody the when they take this into consideration embody any deficiencies that the subject property may have had or any super adequacy so any far exceeding upgrades that were made to that property or anything that's potentially obsolete they would take that into consideration when they're assessing the reproduction cost of a specific building so these are things that you may take into consideration as an investor when you are purchasing a property, depending on your specific situation. So if we put all of these things together, I'm going to give an example of uh, the GTA housing market over the past 27 years. If we are looking at um, all housing types, whether it's detached, semi-detached, condos, apartments, all housing types over the past 27 years, we've seen a trend in the market where it's about growing about 6.6 to 6.7% over this period of time. During this period of time, from about 1996 onwards, you can see where in 2008, we had the financial crisis and there was kind of like a flattening or a lull in period in the real estate investing time. Then as time progressed, we see in 2017, when Ontario's Fair Housing Plan came into effect, there was kind of a little blip for a year, um, an increase in activity and home equity. And then at 2018, when the mortgage stress test was implemented, we saw a slight flattening over, over that period of time into 2019. As we progress through to 2019 into 2020, we see equity continuing to grow actually at a greater than the 7.7% year-over-year rate. And as we get into the period of time between, say, October, November 2020 to uh, February 2022, that's a period of time during the pandemic wherein there was a potential solution, aka the vaccine. During this period of time, we experienced historically low interest rates. We had many people who were at home and they realized they needed to have more space or they saw the opportunity with the low interest rates to make an investment. During this period of time was high equity increases during that period of time. There was a low supply so and a high demand low interest rates, and there was a lot of bidding happening during this time period, which helped to elevate the equity in or the market value of properties. Now, if we look at March 2022, that was when the Bank of Canada implemented its first increase in interest rates or overnight interest rates um, during the pandemic period. From that period, um, through to current timeline, um, we've seen a, a slight drop in um, the growth of equity. However, if you compare August of 2022 to August of 2023 data, we're basically at the same equity value in the market. And that's average over all types of properties in the GTA. So as you can see with that uh, example, that all the factors that impact you as an investor in making the decision to purchase a property. Like what you hear? 
follow us on your favorite podcast app today. Leave a rating and a review. At this time, I would like to recognize the efforts of my producer, Stories and Strategies, for their awesome work. The last thing you can do for us is to share this episode with one friend. Thank you. Thank you.